This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. The message is from the book of Acts in our series, The Church in Action, A Journey Through Acts. We're now at Acts chapter 18. Turn to Acts 18 and let me read a portion of it and then we'll go through the entire chapter. Acts 18. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, He stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. While Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would open our eyes to understand it more clearly and to apply it to our lives. Thank you for this opportunity to worship you and to listen to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as you look at Acts chapter 18, I have entitled this, What do you need for your life to be fruitful? What do you and I need for our lives to be fruitful? Acts 18 has all the elements in it. You see... Acts 18 speaks of all the elements that you and I need for success. We should be networking with other people. We should be having a life purpose. We should be expecting results. We should be trusting in the Lord. We should use our time wisely. And we should make sure to rely on the power of the Spirit of God rather than to live in the energy of our flesh. So let's look at Acts chapter 18 and see that all of this is clearly presented in this chapter. The question is, how can you and I have a fruitful witness, a fruitful life? Well, the points I'm going to go through, if you're taking notes, are these. That we need to make every contact count. We need to consider ourselves as missionaries. We need to expect some people to reject what we have to say and some people to accept what we have to say. We need to trust the Lord to protect us. We need to use our time according to God's will. And we need to make sure we don't minister without the Holy Spirit. Let's see how this is clearly brought to us in the scriptures. We have, first of all, make every contact count. 
If you want to be fruitful in the Christian life, if you want to be successful in your life, make your relationships count. In Acts chapter 18, verses 1 to 3, we read this. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Now, I want you to notice that it goes on to say, Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Priscilla and Aquila, a couple who were expelled from Rome along with all the Jews because the emperor Claudius of the Roman Empire felt that the Jews were nothing but troublemakers and they were following some person named Crestus. Actually, Christus, which is Christ, but he got the name wrong and thought they were following some slave named Crestus and that they were always creating and in the center of riots because people disagreed with and persecuted this message about Christ. Well, Priscilla and Aquila came to Corinth, and it wasn't a chance meeting. It was a divine appointment for them to meet Paul. And Paul made the most of that contact. He developed a relationship with them over a common cause. They both were tent makers. And Paul, as a rabbi, had to learn a trade because you can never charge for teaching the law of God. And so he made tents and the material for making tents. And he developed a friendship with Aquila and Priscilla, and that was strategic because they were believers and they were able to help him in the work. And later they would disciple a sharp young man named Apollos. And they would host a church in their house. So when you think you're meeting someone by accident or by coincidence, think again. God may be linking you up with a person that you can partner with in sharing the good news of the gospel. Make your relationships count. In 2021, give yourself to loving on people, caring for people along the way, because you never know when you're going to need to work together for the cause of the Lord. Secondly, consider yourself a missionary. In Acts chapter 18, verses 3 to 5, we read that Paul was a tent maker, and every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue trying to persuade Jews and Greeks And then when Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia and they had support for him, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. I want you to think about this, that what we do in our society is we say, oh, I just work in the secular realm and pastors and missionaries work in the spiritual realm. That's not so. All of us are called to be ministers for Christ. All of us are called to be missionaries for Christ. What is your purpose for living? What is your cause that you give yourself to? It should be for the cause of Christ. It should be for the gospel, to share the good news that there's forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus Christ. 
All of us are missionaries. All of us have a mission field right around us, our sphere of influence. And whether you're a bivocational missionary, that is, that you have a job and you also share the gospel, or whether you're exclusively devoted to the ministry or missions work because you have support, be a missionary wherever you are. Third, expect some to reject the message of the gospel and some to accept the message of the gospel. Every time Paul shared the gospel, either there was, there was usually riot and revival. People rioted against the message or they came to Christ and they came alive uh, in revival. And this is no exception in Corinth. In Acts chapter 18, verse 6, But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. So as was Paul's practice, he always went to the synagogue first. Whenever he entered into a city, he went to a synagogue if there was one, and he would find the, the Jewish people and the Gentile proselytes and God-fearers, and he would share the gospel, talk to them about Jesus being the Messiah and how the scriptures and the prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus. And as he shared with them, some would rebel, some would resist, and some would outright persecute him. I mean, here it says they opposed him and became abusive. That's how they were filled with hatred and with spite. And what did Paul do? He did two things that were very symbolic. He shook out his clothes in protest. Our modern uh, example would, I'm washing my hands of you. Meaning, you know, I'm not going to bear responsibility for your choice to reject Jesus, the Messiah. He also said, your blood be on your own heads. And that's a reference to Ezekiel, the watchman on the wall. The job of the watchman on the wall was to warn the city if the enemy was coming. If he warned the city that the enemy was coming and uh, the, enemy, the city stayed in place and were put to death by the enemy, then the blood was on their head, not his. But if he failed to warn them of the enemy coming, the blood would responsibility for their deaths would be on his head. And so in this case, Paul is saying, the blood be, uh, your blood be on your own heads. You have rejected my warning that Jesus is the Messiah and that eternal life is found only in him. And because you have rejected Jesus the Messiah, you are fully responsible for your eternal choice and your eternal destiny. So he shook out his clothes and said, your blood be on your heads. I am innocent of it. And as is his course, after the Jews would reject him, he would go and share the gospel with the Gentiles because he was the apostle to the Gentiles. Well, they rejected the Messiah. Some of them did. But notice that some will accept the message of the gospel. It says in Acts 18, verses 7 to 8, then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, 
the synagogue leader and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. So on the one side, some will reject. On the other side, some will accept. And sure enough, a Gentile, a worshiper of God named Titius Justus, received Christ and he was baptized. Crispus, who was the synagogue ruler, think about that. He was the guy in charge of uh, organizing the synagogue and making sure everything was set. He came to trust in Jesus as the Messiah. He became a completed Jew. He was a messianic believer, and uh, he lost his job over it, but he was happier and better for it, as we're going to find out. And Crispus's whole family came to Christ. His whole entire household believed in the Lord, and many Corinthians came to Christ. So don't give up. You are an ambassador for Christ, God making his appeal through you. And when you share the gospel, you never know who's going to trust in Christ. I heard a testimony recently about this professor who teaches um, New Testament in the country of Jordan. And the question was asked him, how did you come to know the Lord? He says, when I was in college, I was in line for a Halloween event. And this young man, a fellow college student, was witnessing to a girl in line right in front of me. Unbeknownst to him, I was listening to everything he said, and I trusted in Christ. That guy will never know that I was listening in and overheard the gospel, but that's how I came to Christ. You never know who's listening in when you share Christ with a friend, a neighbor, a relative. Uh, the Lord is touching hearts, and he's bringing people to himself. So we are to share the good news of the gospel. And then we are to trust the Lord to protect us. In Acts chapter 18, verses 9 to 10, we read this. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. Praise God that Paul, who has been beaten, and he's been left for dead, and he's been flogged, he's been jailed, he has gone through so much persecution for the sake of the gospel, he's being reassured by the Lord that he'll be able to continue his mission until his assignments are done. So God wants us to go until he says no. God wants us to keep being faithful and trust in his protection and trust that he's going to empower us and open doors for us to Share the good news of the gospel so that people may come to hear. And you know, some of us need this message of protection. We are fearful of COVID. We're fearful with regards to the economy. We're concerned about our country. And we are concerned about ourselves. We need protection. The Lord says, I will protect you. I will watch over you. He never sleeps or nor slumbers, it says in Psalm 121. He never takes a break from caring for you. You are under his protection, under his banner. The Lord loves you, protects you, strengthens you, 
and delivers you from the evil one. Can I hear an amen? Well, maybe not from Zoom, but I trust that you said amen. All right. So we read here an example in Acts 18, verses 11 to 17, where it says that he went through this opposition and the Lord protected him. Watch this. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. While Galileo was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul and brought him to the place of judgment. Now imagine that. There's a united attack. It's many against Paul. He's outnumbered. He is in major trouble. But look at this. They brought him to the place of judgment, and they said, this man they charged is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. And verse 14 says, just as Paul was about to speak, Galileo uh, Galileo, uh, said to them, if you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or a serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names and your own law, settle that matter yourselves. I will not be a judge of such things. So, they, so he drove them off. Then the crowd there turned on Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul. And Galileo showed no concern whatever. Did you notice what just happened? The Lord said to Paul, I'm going to protect you. When he was in a case of persecution and opposition, and he was brought with charges against him, he was going to try to defend himself. But the battle is the Lord's. The Lord fought the battle because he had Galileo uh, say, this is a Jewish matter having to do with Jewish law, not a Roman matter. You guys take care of it yourself. And they all turned on Sosthenes, the the new synagogue ruler. Remember, the uh, old synagogue leader was Crispus. He came to Christ. Praise God that he came to know the Lord because he wasn't in the middle of this mess. Sosthenes was the new synagogue leader, and he was probably one who thought about, let's unite and attack this Paul who's preaching this gospel, which seems to challenge our faith. And uh, they were so mad at Sosthenes because uh, they lost face that they beat him up right in front of the proconsul. Isn't that amazing? God protected Paul. He fought the battle for him. And he had evil cave in on itself. The very people who wanted to harm him were harmed. So God has your back. God's got this. God's watching over you. God is with you. God loves you. God's going to work all things for good in your life. Keep on trusting in the Lord for protection. And then use time according to God's will. You'll notice in Acts chapter 18, 20 to 23, when they asked Paul to spend more time with them, this is in the synagogue where he was teaching, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. And he set sail from, uh, f- from Ephesus 
when he landed at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. Now, this is the one time in the book of Acts where Paul is teaching in a synagogue and they say, we want more. Usually they're like, we're fed up with this. Half of them rebel and half of them accept. Uh, But in this case, they say, tell us more. And he says, not right now. If it's the Lord's will, I'll come back and share with you. But I've got some important priorities I got to attend to. And those priorities were to go to the strong uh, base churches, the primarily Jewish believer-based church in Jerusalem and the primarily Gentile-based church in Antioch. He had to go to the uh, sister main churches um, and preach and teach there and strengthen believers there. He had to do God's will. You know, there was a day when people used to sign their letters, uh, and after their name, they would put D period V period. And that stood for the Latin words Deo Valente. Deo Valente means God willing. You know, in the book of James, it says, don't say, I'm going to do this tomorrow, I'm going to do this next year. Say, God willing, I'll do this tomorrow, I'll do this next year. Our hands are in God's, uh, our lives are in God's hands, aren't they? And so we need to put our time in God's hands and be about our Father's business. We need to use our time according to God's will. And there are priorities that are more important. So why did Paul leave this Jewish synagogue? Well, it says in Acts 18, 20-23, after spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. So God had an assignment on Paul's life. Don't just lead them to Christ where they make a decision. Disciple them. Root them and ground them in Christ so that they stand firm and that they don't fall away from the Lord. Make sure that they are grounded in solid doctrine. Make sure that they are workmen who rightly handle the word of God and are approved by God. That's important. We need to help Christians grow deeper in their faith so they're not misled by lies and misinformation and by conspiracy theories. We need to hang on to the Word of God. We need to make sure Jesus is our focus and we're trusting in the Lord and not falling for every um, thing that comes down the pike. We don't want to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We want to be based in the Word of God, grounded in the Word of God and helping others to be that. That was the priority of Paul's time and how it should be used. Finally, don't minister without the Holy Spirit. In Acts 18, verses 24 and 25, we read about an outstanding young man named Apollos. He was educated, he was eloquent, but he was empty. Let me say that again. He was educated, he was eloquent, but he was empty. Let's read about him. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately. I know you're saying, 
But what's the catch? He's got a phenomenal resume. What's the catch? Here's the catch. Though he knew only the baptism of John. You see, there was this man named John the Baptist, and he was preaching in the wilderness, repent, turn from your sins, prepare ye the way of the Lord. He was preparing the way for the Messiah, Jesus, who happened to be his cousin, to come and to lead people into salvation. And he only knew the baptism of John. So probably some disciples of John the Baptist had taught him about repentance, sin and repentance, but they hadn't taught him about the Holy Spirit. He only caught a portion of John's teaching because John did teach about the Holy Spirit. He says, I baptize you with water, but one is coming after me who will baptize you with fire, referring to the Holy Spirit. So even there, Apollos didn't get all of the teaching of John because John did talk about the Holy Spirit. But it says in Acts 18, when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Some of us know the Bible. Some of us know all about doctrine. Some of us know all about Jesus. But we really don't know much about the Holy Spirit. We don't know that the only way to live the holy life, the Christian life, is by the power of the Holy Spirit. That we are to surrender and yield to Him, to allow Him to control us and empower us. We are to walk step in step with the Holy Spirit, in line with the Holy Spirit. We're to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the life of Christ through the filter of your personality and mine. So we're not all cookie-cutter looking exactly the same. We're unique and individual, but the Holy Spirit is the living water that comes bubbling up in our lives. He empowers us. He leads us into all truth. He helps us to share the gospel with spiritual power. And he's the comforter. The Holy Spirit is so important to the Christian life. Someone has written a book called The Forgotten God. Francis Chan, I believe, wrote that book. Why? Because you know about God the Father and God the Son, but have you forgotten about God the Holy Spirit? We need the power of the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life, to bear much and lasting fruit for Christ. We cannot do it on our own. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me and the Holy Spirit is working powerfully in your life, you can bear much and lasting fruit to the glory of God the Father. Read about that in John chapter 15. We are to abide in Christ. He is the vine, we are the branches, and the living sap of the Holy Spirit is flowing through us so we can bear fruit. We cannot bear fruit apart from the power of God. The Holy Spirit is the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that resurrection power is living in us. Let's tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's yield ourselves to Him. Let's set our minds on the Spirit and not the things of the flesh. Let us walk step by step with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you right now, if this message makes sense to you, Did Acts chapter 18 cover these bases? That success is about networking with other people, 
having a life purpose, expecting results, trusting in the Lord, having wise time management and spiritual empowerment. Did Acts 18 tell you how to live a fruitful witness? By making every contact count. By considering yourself a missionary, whether you're full-time or part-time. To expect some to accept and some to reject the gospel message. To trust the Lord to protect you. To use your time according to God's will. And to remember not to minister without the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And I hope this prayer is large enough that you can read it if you are on video conference. If you're listening by phone, you can just say yes and amen in your hearts as I pray this prayer. But let's really commit ourselves to the Lord. Would you join with me in prayer? Jesus, I believe that you are the Messiah who came to suffer on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins and who rose from the dead to give me the gift of of eternal life. I trust in you as my Savior and Lord. I follow you as my Lord. Holy Spirit, fill my life. Control and influence me. Empower and use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.